So I want to just talk for a few minutes on um, why we're moving into the new year and uh, what's going to be significant for us. This will be a whistle-stop tour, but it will help some of us to move forward with what the Lord is speaking into the earth at the moment. It's time for us to move forward with the sword. It was good that we sang that song, Be Thou My Breastplate. That wasn't on the plan. So uh, maybe that was just something the Lord wanted us to uh, recognise. Last week, I talked about our DNA and identity because by the time we get to head of the year, which is the 3rd of October, we need to have moved into our new identity and formed our identity. If you were here last week, just raise your hands. We talked about, from Psalm 8, God has made us a little lower than the angels. That's divinity. God has crowned us with glory and honour. That is dignity. And there was a lot coming through the watch this morning on glory, was there not? And then it says, um, again, in verse uh, 6, God has made man to rule over the works of his hands and put all things under his feet. Has that mandate changed in any way? No, it hasn't. Because God said in the first place to Adam, you will rule over. He said to his people, Israel, you'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He put Jesus, as Jesus came into the earth, it says Jesus is seated above all principalities and powers. And where am I seated and where are you seated, if you believe in him, with him? So that mandate is our mandate, the same as Adam's mandate. I hope you feel suitably crowned with glory and honor this morning. Now, you can't rule without a sword. Sharp intake of breath. You can't rule without a sword. There is this year, as we're coming into 5777, the year of the sword, but I want to say it's going to be the year of the ruling sword because not every sword rules. So we're going to see why this year is significant and how we're going to move into it. So maybe we should be taking a crown. But that's the um, picture from James Nesbitt that has, uh, has been commissioned for Glory of Zion, the year of the ruling sword. So very quickly, we've got to understand the times that we live in, God's appointed times, and his cycle of why we're moving into that time. If we partner with the times and the seasons of the Lord, we prosper. Say we prosper. It says in 1 Chronicles 12, 22 and 32, day after day, men came to help David, men of Judah, men of Simeon, men of Levi, and men of Benjamin, and men of Issachar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. When David assembled his army, men came to help him. But it was only the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. So God wants us to be like that. Amen. God is looking today for a people who will understand prophetically what is going on in the nations, but not only what's going on in the nations, what is happening in my sphere, in my situation right now. Great testimony from Jean. When she was praying for that family member, she knew exactly what it was at that moment, in the moment that God wanted her to deal with. So God works through times and seasons. Would we agree? Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time for war, a time to plant, a time to tear down, a time to work. Every season is different and we need to discern what God is doing and God wants us to do. Because if we stay in God's timing, we prosper. That's a good word. If you go away with nothing else today, you need to know the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you will eat what? All the miserable bits that are left. No, the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, how can you be willing and obedient if you don't know what he's saying? How can you be willing and obedient if you don't know what time he's saying it in? Amen? You're still with me? So how do we bring God's 
uh, bring our lives into line with God's times and seasons. When God wanted to raise up a nation who uh, understood his ways, one of the things he taught them was the cycle of life. So what is a cycle? A cycle is uh, something that goes round and round and moves us to a destination. Are you still with me? How many of you have ever said, I don't want to go around this mountain again? We've said that many times. There are many kinds of cycles and we need to recognize in the natural, one great example of a cycle is the way that a hurricane goes round and round, gathering momentum and causing what? Destruction. We can see around us people's lives that are in cycles of addiction, cycles of poverty, cycles of unbelief, cycles of defeat, cycles of sin and death. Who has ever been in a cycle that has been negative? How many have ever been broken out of a cycle? How many don't know how that happened? I'll tell you how it happened because God has his way. And if you understand how God breaks us out of cycles, when you see yourself in a cycle, you can actually partner with the Lord to get out of that cycle. Is that good? If you say amen, we'll go faster. So Satan works through cycles. He, it says in Daniel 7.25, he seeks to wear out the saints. He is seeking a way to get you so stressed out, so downtrodden, so, so under it. And he will do that by keep putting the pressure on and bringing you into a cycle that keeps you going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. Each small step, hardly noticeable, but ending in destruction. Yes? God has his way to break us out. How does he do that? We're in a cycle of, of, of defeat And God says, I want you out of that. He does it by imparting revelation. God's revelation breaks the cycle. And if we obey his word, it puts us into a cycle of blessing that lifts us up and takes us to a higher and higher level so that we go to faith, to health, to prosperity, to fulfillment. As long as we walk in that revelation, we stay in the cycle of blessing. Ask your neighbor, are you in the cycle of revelation and blessing? Because we should be able to look at our lives with him and say, I'm in a greater place today than I was. Now, you didn't hear me say we need to look at our bank balance, did you? We need to look at our lives with him. We need to look at the fruit of our intimacy with him. We need to look at the fruit of our walking with him. We need to look at the the way that we're hearing him. That was a great word this morning from Danai. We are going to move into a time where we're going to be inquiring in a different way. I'm going to be taking that word and working with that word this week. How, Lord, do you want me to inquire of you differently? How have I been asking wrongly? The Lord might want to get an answer to you, but you're asking the wrong question. So God is is about getting his people into the right place at the right time. So he wants to break us out of a cycle of destruction and into his cycle of blessing. To accomplish that, there are several important cycles, and David mentioned one, which I thought was great. I'm not going to mention them all, but you know that the first weekly Shabbat cycle is is God's purpose in that is to keep us in a place of opening our hearts to him and coming into a place where we can hear his download to us day after day, moment by moment. So the first cycle is the Shabbat. Second cycle is the first fruits. Shabbat is weekly, first fruits is monthly, and that's why we have touch point. Uh, here, a monthly gathering, so that people out there who don't have this in their own churches can actually connect on a monthly basis. So we've got Elul here. 
at the 3rd of October, this will change. When we have our Tabernacles weekend, this whole thing will change and we'll be celebrating Tishrei, which is the first of the new year uh, of the Hebraic calendar. So we're on God's rhythm. Amen? So God's appointed times align our lives with his timing. They help us to be in sync with him, to be at the right time, at the right place, with the right people. And to, not, to help us not to miss windows of opportunity that he wants to bring into our lives. So I want to encourage you to celebrate the feasts. We'll be celebrating tabernacles here and anyone is welcome. They get you in sync with God's rhythm and you'll begin to gain a whole new perspective on the timing of the Holy Spirit and to walk with him. Now, why is that important? Because when we're in the timing of God, we understand things differently. And in the Hebrew calendar, each year is represented by a unique set of Hebrew letters. And it's not like our language. His language is different to our language. And it would really, I was going to say it behoves us there. There you are. I've got my favorite word in. Uh, it, it, is, it does us good to know how to track with God's Hebraic calendar and timing. So they're not like our letters. Originally, they were pictures that represented a sound and a meaning. And by combining these things, you can get a fuller picture. Would you like an example? That's you, Maria. Would anybody else like an example? So this is how it works. In the Hebrew, the letter Aleph is strength. Okay? If you put house with strength you would get strength of the house, wouldn't you? When you put those together, Aleph and Bet, you get the strength of the house, which is the Hebrew word for father. Ooh, do you like that? Do you want another example? Okay, let's go with house again because we don't want to go too far and get you into any other. This is the uh, Bet, and then we've got the Vav, which is the seed, or this, we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's a sprouting seed, as you can see. So if you put these two together, you get the seed of the house, which is the word for, ooh. Now, would you like another one? You'll like this one. Hebrew letters are not just sounds. They represent ideas. Jews believed that their alphabet was given by God as a revelation of his prophetic um, purposes. So, it might sound strange to us, but we don't think Hebraically. Here's your last and final example this morning. The Hebrew word for God is El, and that's made up of the Aleph and the Lamed. Okay? Now, Aleph is strength, as we've just said, and or strong one, and Lamed is shepherd's crook. So, what is God like? He is like a strong shepherd. Do you see how it works? Are you convinced? The Torah is the Bible, the Hebrew scriptures, and Torah is spelled Tav, Vav, Resh, and Hey. Hey. And if you look at these, the Tav is a cross, the Vav is a nail, the Resh is the highest one, and the Hey is a window of revelation. It's not hard to prophesy from that. The Torah is the revelation that the highest one was nailed to a cross. Now, Jesus understood all of this when he said, not one jot, 
Not one tittle will pass away till it's all been fulfilled. So we have to align our lives with him so that we get a fuller understanding. In the Hebrew calendar, each year is represented by a unique set of numbers. Now, I want to show you something very exciting. We're in 2016, which in the Hebrew calendar is 5776. How do we work that out? Well, it's 2,000 years from the creation of the world till Abraham, 2,000 approximately from Abraham to Jesus, 2,000 from Jesus to now. So around about 6,000 years. We're actually in the way that they've calculated, 5776. This is a set of letters and numbers, and this is how, one example of how, how it moved, the actual way that they wrote the number moved to today. The number 70 in the early Hebrew was this symbol here on the, on the far left. Then it moved to Middle Hebrew, the Late Hebrew, and Modern Hebrew. So can you see where we get the picture of the eye from? Ayin is the Hebrew number 70, and it represents the decade, the 70, 5776. Thank you, Maria. Every letter is a number. Maria wants you all to be reminded. Every letter is also a number. So this number 70 is also a letter and a number. And that's where we can, we can pull the revelation on that, that this is a season that God wants to increase our ability to see. I, I would think the majority of people in here have been able at some point in the last decade to have connected with prophecy. Am I right? You've either been to a prophecy school, you've listened to a prophet, you've heard about prophecy. Why? Because in this decade, the Lord is releasing that ability to prophesy and to raise up the prophetic gift and loose it so that his word can run swiftly in the earth so that he can accomplish his purposes. Yes? So that's, it's a supernatural season. This iron decade, it's a supernatural season. Another word uh, another A in word or I in word is angels. And we've just done that whole teaching on angels and how angels partner with us. Who found that helpful? We, we looked at the whole uh, exploring how angels partner with the saints and how we can uh, partner with them. This is a season of angelic activity and it will increase as the battle intensifies. Don't tell me that it won't get harder. It says darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness. Things will get more and more difficult, but the light in us will shine greater. So the IA in years will be the most intense season that we have, have been in so far. If you understand that, you can begin to see how God encodes prophetic meaning in his calendar. So how can we interpret 5776? May it be the year of Ayin Vav. Now, we've heard a lot. Vav is the number six. It's the letter for six, and it depicts a tent peg. It also depicts a connecting pin. This is why it's important for today, because in this last year, the Lord has connected and reconnected us in relationship back to some very significant relationships. And we have to say this is because we're in the timing of God. It has something to do with his times and his seasons. And we, we can't just say, oh, it's just Kesara or, oh, it's just a coincidence. We have to say God means what he says. When he says something, he means something by it. That's why if you've been tracking in the last year, you will know what you've been able to do in staking claim to your territory. 
I, I believe that our next phase and where we go out, out of this building can o- could have only been accomplished if we'd have done certain things with Vavin. We've been to 60 towns and cities in the 50-mile radius, and we have vaved the ground. We've put a tent peg in the ground. We've said, this city, this town, this village, this region belongs to Jesus. And we've connected heaven to earth by the prophetic words that we've said. That's not a small thing when you sit in a leaders meeting on Wednesday night and you hear testimony of this is happening in my area, this is happening in my area, and you know that you've been part of praying that into being. That is the greatest joy. They said, we had no idea you were doing that. Well, why would you? And why do you need to? The fact is we're partnering with heaven and having the joy of that adventure whilst they're getting the benefits and the rewards of seeing people come to the Lord. One church, seeing five people each week coming into the church and getting saved. Hallelujah, I think it's amazing. So the Vav is also the Hebrew number six, and it's a picture of a connecting pin. Vav joins things together. Can we testify that God has joined some things together this year? We have been right in this, letting him do what he needs to do. There's no word in Hebrew for and, and it's a word that joins two words. So where it says, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, It's that Vav. Vav connects one word to another, one thought to another, one world to another, one person to another, one group to another. This is the year. Now, let's welcome 5777 in. This is a precursor to what you're going to hear in the next few weeks as we go through Rosh Hashanah. We're coming into 5777, and we're moving from the Vav to the Zayin. Is it Zayin or Zayin? Where's it? Zayin. Let's say Zayin. Ayin Zayin. They are, it, it, it rhymes. So we're coming into the year 5777. That will start on the 3rd of October. And uh, this is the picture of the Zion. It is a, like a vav, but it has a crown on the top. Now that is the pictograph in the old Hebrew. So how do we pull that into the now? What does it look like for us today? It looks like the sword with a crown on the top. What did I say? You can't rule without a sword. So what's our sword? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want you to see a couple of scriptures as I'm coming to a close. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. Why don't we go to it? Then you can say, at least she used the Bible in a preach. It's always good to look at it. These are some of my, if you can have favorite scriptures, these are some of my favorite. So uh, Proverbs 4, 20 to 23 says this. I'll go from verse 20. My son or my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. We could put in there, my son, my daughter, give attention to my words, for they are like a sword to those who find them. Because the sword is going to do some interesting things this year. That's you and me then, Ravimbo. Okay, let's go over to Proverbs 6, same um, verses, 20 to 23. I just love this. It says there, 
My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. This is the sword of the Lord that is going to come over us this next year. It's going to start to do things that it didn't do before because we're, we're going to pull on it in a new way by faith. Well, that's a few of us then. So our sword is going to be ruling for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this year, God wants you to learn to use the sword in new ways. Most Christians today are not oppressed by pagan warlords as they were in the Old Testament, but we are oppressed by mindsets which are in opposition to the word of God. Are you right? Am I right by that? So God wants us to, uh, to recognize what are we facing, what are we battling, and what are our weapons. There are negative mindsets in the church today, fear and timidity. Don't want you to do any amens at this point. Unbelief, weakness, hopelessness, passivity, yes, poverty. Are these things that Jesus died for? No, they didn't, they didn't die to give us those. All these things, but did Jesus die to give us these? No. So, so then we, we, ta- we use the sword of his word through those things. We use the word of God, don't we? The sword of the Lord is a ruling sword. The sword of the Lord can cut through fear and timidity, unbelief, weakness, hopelessness, passivity, poverty, taking us out of those cycles and putting us into his cycles of blessing. Amen? So... This is my proclamation over you taken from uh, Colossians 3. So just going back to those negative things, let me pray. Lord, where there are things in our lives that are in direct opposition to your word, we're asking, Father, that this year you would put a sword in our mouth and in our hand. You would give us not just the Logos word, but the Rhema word. Let it be crowned. Let it rule over us, Lord, and let it put the axe or the sword to the root of the tree of those things that are growing in direct opposition to what you want in our lives. And all God's people said, Amen. So I'm going to proclaim this over you. Let the sword of the Lord... Dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing you in new ways, giving you joy and victory with grace and power to overtake the enemy of your soul in this new year of 5777. I'll see you all in the new year. Amen.